0: Hello
1: and welcome to the Pro Detailer podcast. We are out in a very, very sunny Germany. We're in Einbeck. Uh, We're behind the scenes at the DECON detailing convention show uh, at uh, PS Speicher. And we have been basically kidnapping people from the show and uh, cheating them into coming into a little room so that we can shove a microphone in their face and ask them awkward questions. And our first victim today is Christian Resch. And he is uh, from Sonax. His technical title is Key Account Manager International Academy. This sounds very
2: important indeed. What what do you sort of do? Yeah, my, my job is actually, uh, yeah, doing the training for our master trainers and build up all the academies worldwide mm-hmm. together with my master trainers and our distributors. So you're kind of the master, master trainer. You can say so. That's a, that's He's an cool admiral title. trainer.
0: You need to get some pips on your shoulders. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Show, just show seniority.
1: And a big hat, a big hat with gold bits. That. That'd be good. Yeah. Um, now, uh, this being a relatively new series, we are um, obviously... Doing the ten quickfire questions first, so that you can get to know our interviewees/victims uh, early. So, I am going to start running through the ten questions, and the idea is it's quickfire. So, just say the first thing that comes in your head, as long as it's not rude. Okay, that's the key.
0: Unless that's your answer,
1: yeah. If it's legitimate, which that's case fine. fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're okay. not picky. Uh, what sir, is your
2: current motor vehicle? My current motor vehicle, um, my current car is um, yeah, and BMW. Oh dear. And which which, which one? The four. Grand Coupé.
1: Grand Coupé? Ooh, nice wish, nice wish. Um, If you had all the money in the world,
2: what car would you have? Yeah, it's a good question because I have my dream car actually already. You already own it? You have a Subaru? I have a Porsche 911, 992. Oh. And oh, sorry, 991. 991?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a 991.
2: Which one? Carrera, Carrera S? Carrera S. Carrera S, nice. So, rear wheel drive? It's an. Uh, or is it a 4S? It's an an S. No, it's not four wheel drive. Not four wheel drive. It's the proper one. Very cool. Very but cool. they lost uh, with with our turbo. So nine nine one one. I see. I, yes, I got what you mean. Yeah, and 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 that's your dream dream car, even.
1: Or would you get the later one now? So, no, that's it. Life complete can stop now. Yeah, don't, exactly. Don't I do mean, do what's, what's the
2: point in getting up in the mornings? You've already achieved a life goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm always motivated to reach my, my my targets. I set up my targets by myself and mm-hmm. I, I, I set up realistic targets. And um, my target was to have a 9-11 before I become 40, which mm-hmm. is in July this year. And... Um, so oh. it's kind of
1: box ticked. That's, that's cool. I like the idea of a, a, a challenge you can actually succeed at. That will make us hate ourselves much less. I like we the we idea succeed of succeeding
0: at something before you're 40. It means you've got two years left. Yeah. yeah. That's not looking good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just look at it in days or hours. It's yeah. an easy way to get by. So we know your current car, we know your dream car. What was the very first car that you detailed? And I say detailed with inverted commas because obviously if it was a long time ago detailing wasn't kind
2: of a thing. But what, what was the first car you rubbed enthusiastically? Actually, uh, when I look back, this was like a, one of the neighbor's cars, it was also a BMW, oh, I think okay. it was a 3, because I got inspired by my father, my father did, did, did the detailing or polishing from the neighbor's cars, the cleaning, and then I was inspired and I tried to help him, and um, yeah. That's really cool, so your dad, was, was he an amateur detailer or professional detailer? He isn't, but this was his passion.
1: Oh, okay, so he yeah, was an enthusiast, I Absolute. Cool, that's very cool. Um, so now in our quickfire questions, we are going to ask you some detailing-related questions. So when you're washing a car, it's just you, you in the car and a wash mat, how many buckets do you like to
2: get involved with? Three. Three buckets, and how would you use those three buckets? One with clear water, one with uh, shampoo, and one for the wheels. That's it. Perfectly well, that is the that is awesome. established thing. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, it's all good. Um,
0: there's not a wrong or a right answer with this, everyone has their own way, but it's just nice to find everyone's individual opinions. Yes, you can, you can, can use. <laughs>
1: well, you know what some people are like? They're like, oh, you have to have 20 buckets to do this, or oh, well, you only need one very small bucket and a toothpick to clean a car.
0: <laughs> or no uh, buckets and a really powerful pressure
2: washer. <laughs> or so.
1: <laughs> um, in terms of machine polishes, are you a rotary man? Are you a DA man? Are you a bit of both man? If you had the choice of one or the other, which would you
2: go for? Uh, I grew up with a rotary. I'm a rotary guy. You're a rotary guy going round in circles. We always say the... the uh, it's a terrible joke. <laughs> 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 I'm going to take myself outside and shoot me soon. Yeah, but the rotary is, uh, you know, I like rotary because you have a feeling, you you, you get yeah the hands directly to, 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 to the paint, you know. You get it's direct feedback. You get direct feedback. And uh, the a DA machine is something you just need to to guide. This is too boring for me. Yeah. In some cases, yeah, you need, if you have very tricky paint, uh, you need a an, uh, an DA, but I, I can handle actually almost everything by a rotary, if you mm-hmm. know how. Yeah, no, I all sounds good to me.
1: Um, so, and I think I'm going to know the answer to this one too. A coating or a wax?
2: Um, depends, but... Coating first choice, Mm -hmm. Um, but for classic cars and uh, softer paints, I I go for wax. Wax and old timer, as they say in Germany. Absolute old timer. Any favorite wax wise? Wax wise. you know, there are so many different brands. I, I grew up with a brand It's called, yeah, Swiss Wax, of course. Yeah, I've, um, heard,
0: I've heard of them before. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And, of course, our own Wax, our Sonax Premium Class uh, Cannibal Wax, which is a great product. You see, I've, I thought we were going to go straight to that. I'm surprised we mentioned another brand.
0: <laughs> well, I know, rightly, Swiss Wax is awesome.
1: Well, we do ask, we have another question, which I'm going to ask you now. Uh, in t- it's not in the right order, but I think it's relevant. And we've asked people from Flex, and we've asked people from Rupes, and the answer is always very predictable. But uh, Flex or Rupes for... Machine polishers, Flex. Keeping German solidarity. I'm guessing there. Yeah.
0: P14. Yes.
2: Yeah. P fourteen. Yeah.
0: You had to yeah. no, f- know like for the
1: that. benefit of the tape. There was a knowing look there between two flex lovers. It's always a question of taste. I grew up with a
2: Makita, actually, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, was a heavy one. But so that's where the muscles come yeah. from, isn't it? Uh.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Stop cool. staring. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. So
1: now we've got far more important questions: Ferrari or Porsche? Again, I think we you know the answer. Yeah. Porsche. Oh, what
2: about uh, challenge yourself
1: to get a Ferrari by the time you're fifty.
2: Uh, no, this is not the uh, the challenge for the for the future. Maze to change my nine nine one into an an 911 oh, chart uh GTR. Ooh, ooh, that would be that's quite an exciting Three. car. Yeah, a Gt3. Then, you, GT3, don't, then yeah.
0: you don't need to reach fifty. You'll just go out in a blaze of glory. Yeah.
1: Well, it <laughs> depends. If it's a Gt3, you can uh, a Gt3 RS. I'm guessing yes. is what you're thinking. Yeah. Well, that is a controllable, fun, naturally aspirated car. It's a Gt2. That's the Widowmaker with the turbos. So, what does
2: Paul Walker have?
1: Uh, he had a Carrera GT, which is entirely different.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, well, yeah, yeah. no, he's just G- different. Carrera GT. Yeah, Carrera yeah. GT is like the one-off supercar, isn't yeah, it? Yes, yeah. I, I, drove, I drove once. One of my customers had them.
1: They're very GT. scary. I, I talked to somebody who, who used to run those as race cars, and the uh, the clutch and the brake fluid reservoir had a habit of exploding Ooh. over the anti-roll bar drop links, which would then pop off mid-race, and, and that's quite quite dangerous. <laughs> I can imagine. Um, yeah, so <laughs> that was a giggle. Um, so bringing it back to far more important here, now this is it, the, all the other questions we said, there is no wrong answer. This is a question where there is a wrong answer, and we haven't actually given you the right answer yet, so it's okay. it's going to be difficult. I'm going to do it through mostly through the power of eye contact. What is better? What, what do you prefer? Subaru or Mitsubishi? Subaru. Good man. There we go. <laughs> Sell out. <I'm> so glad <laughs> of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, of course, we've done the Flexible Rupert question, so the final question now is it is a lovely Sunday morning. You don't have to worry about the wife, the girlfriend, the children, anything like that. It's just you and the car. Do you go for a drive or do you sit there polishing your car? Sunday drive or Sunday detail? Sunday drive because my car is always detailed. <laughs> yeah. Good man, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Makes Fix the sense. box. Yeah, car is clean anyway. That's what we will be doing Monday to Friday.
2: <laughs> that's right, that's right. I use the time on the weekend for the drive. Yeah, oh, well, that's cool. and when you've got a Porsche like that, you can you drive it.
0: Cracking crack the whip over the uh, subordinate master trainers around Europe. He'd have to come and clean his car three times a week as the, uh, as the, the, as the master. It's called continuing professional development. <laughs> Wash my car. <laughs> um, so
1: I'm going to look back now into the mists of time. And I'm going to bring us to 2006. Sorry,
0: I'll do it. Yeah, do you. I have got buttons for stuff here. I just nice. forget they exist. You thought he was just here for his looks, didn't you? <laughs> um,
1: so uh, the we're, we're back in 2006, in the midst of time, and um, you are running a detailing shop, two sites of detailing shop. You right. have eight employees. Yes. And you're doing three and a half thousand cars a year right uh, a mixture of trade and and private work by the sounds of it right um, continue the story from from there you're, you're an established detailer you're a regular user of sonax
2: products yeah um, detailing was always my hobby and 2003 i i decided to run my own my own business i was 20 Three years old, Mm -hmm. Um, I took the risk and um, yeah. But uh, I I said, this is the right thing and this is what I want to do. And um, of course, we tried many different brands, and um, Sonax was a brand I I known, but uh, they never visited us. So um, I was uh, at lunch. I saw a car. There was a Sonax sticker on. Mm-hmm. I took my business card and uh, <laughs> chased after it. <laughs> yeah, I, I waited and I was waiting. And two weeks later, there was a sales guy from Sonax. He visited us and uh, he explained us everything about the product range and so on. And they had these these days. They had a concept was called Sonax Service Partner Concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, it was very interesting. And uh, from 2006 on, I. I worked just with Sonax, with Sonax, and so um, I grew up with Sonax actually. So then I was also involved in development and so on, and uh, they I got testing products from the lab, and this was was a great cooperation and a great support, and this that's why I was I was convinced and and I was fully yeah uh, I was a loyal customer for for Sonax and it was a win win situation yeah and so um in 2012 or so you
1: became like the trainer for the whole of germany the kind of
2: yeah you can say so we have uh, these are days 12 uh, 15 15 trainers 15 yeah. master trainers in germany and i was one of them so uh i was responsible for for one region Mm-hmm. That's, uh, in Bavaria. Uh, that's my oh, the my nice nice southern southern yeah. region with Munich and stuff like that. I, huh? I live actually on the one of the famous lakes in Bavaria on the Chiemsee. Ah, yes, yes. I've driven around them. Yeah. Done, and that is near Tom Zahn, isn't it? Yes, it is Big. very close to him. Uh, he's uh, 20 kilometers from my home. And, um, yeah, I was a regional trainer for this area and uh, as an external trainer, so I still had my own business. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I know that I, I love my job, but I recognize and I realized, let's say, that um, I can't do this my entire life yeah. because it was very exhausting. We were so busy. I, I must to say that I may was very close to a burnout because mm-hmm. I was so busy. We had a waiting time from four to six weeks. I had to, so to some of the customers, I had to say, uh, sorry, I can't, you have to go somewhere else. And then it was, it was really exhausting. I was very tired and I said, okay, I have to change something. Yeah. Uh, I have to slow down. And um, I don't know, but... Mm. <laughs> i don't know so I, I love the idea of slowing down so i then become a master trainer for the
1: whole world on <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah
2: um yeah in terms of you know running their own business of course uh, is I I, I I was very successful i started mm. from scratch I, I had nothing and um i built up a very nice uh, company uh, mm. we made a good turnover i had good guys um I was not the boss who was sitting in the office. I was always with my guys, so I yeah. did, did the polishing job all day long. Uh, and um, but it was exhausting, and and I I got a chance. Uh, we had a meeting actually in the headquarters of Sonax with all the master tra- or the, the master trainers of of uh, Germany, and the the, the the boss told us that they were looking for an international trainer. And I said, hmm, traveling. That's, that's my chance. Training, yeah. And when we had a break, I called my wife. I said, hey, uh, (laughs) there's a chance, but I have to travel and I have to speak English. (laughs) (laughs) So um, she said, hey, yeah, take the chance. And I went back home. I wrote my application. I got an invitation. And uh, this was a very hard time because uh, every day I was waiting for the answer of Sonax. So it's nerve wracking. Yeah. and two two weeks later on, uh, he called me. Yeah, um, you you have to come to the headquarter again, and we will talk about the job. And yeah, I went there. Um, we talked about everything, and they told me, okay, with English, okay, is no problem. We can send you to uh, to the school, and then you can learn English. And they, uh, okay, I said, yeah, yeah. But they are, you are not the only one who send an application, so. Hang on again. Yeah, interview the others. Yeah. Yes, interview the others. And okay, well, it was was uh, very hard, you know. <laughs> very, I was very nervous because this was the chance of my life, you yeah. know, uh, to work for the brand you, you were used to work with. Mm-hmm. And two weeks later on, um, the boss uh, called me. And he said, hey, you need to go to the airport, the Munich airport, because our uh, CEO will land there and uh, you have a meeting with him. Ooh, cracky. Oh, cracking! Nice. So he's, is, is he's this
1: come
0: to you. Is it at this point that they turn around and tell you you're actually in a a battle royale with five <laughs> other people, <laughs> and it's whoever is surviving at the end of it gets the job? Yes. Yeah, and here
2: is your sword. <laughs> You'll yeah. get onto the plane. <laughs> we'll drop
0: you on an island. You have to parachute down. <laughs> yeah. They like could make a game out of that.
2: Yeah, yeah, like this. And um, no, because the boss uh, was he, he lived in Munich, and then uh, we said, okay, you have to go there, and uh, you have another interview with him, and. Um, I, I was I was in the Kempinski Hotel. I still remember. I was in the in the, uh, in the the area, the waiting area, and I was sitting. I was so nervous and uh, <laughs> sweating in reception. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have all been there. <laughs> and and he and then the boss was coming, and I was so nervous. And he sat sit down, he said, "Hello, Mister Rash," and um, we were talking, yeah, talking, yeah. And talking, and and then he said, "We we need guys like you." And then I said, "Okay." Yeah, you're in it was almost crying it was, <laughs> it was so uh yeah uh, how to say uh, overwhelming and and it was it was amazing it's, yeah. it was just you know everything all the pressure uh, just released, just released, all all of a sudden. released. Yeah. and and yeah it's weird how
1: people different different people deal with different pressure so today we were uh, with maritz setting up and he started doing yoga Moritz is a is a big man, he's taller yeah. than me and he's yeah. built stronger. And there he is doing sort of ballet poses. When I panic, I curtsy at people. That's my <laughs> default response. I curtsy and make an inappropriate joke. If I was in front of the Queen, I'd out-curtsey the Queen. <laughs> okay. um, and you're obviously, by the sounds of it, nearly crying. So I don't know, I've never seen you nervous. You sort of, not, not much changes. Yeah. Yeah, nah, doesn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't really let it happen. But anyway, so you've got this this job in um, from the CEO himself, from the, from the Big Cheese in Munich. Um, and uh, after the break, we will talk about the history of Sonax, because Sonax itself, uh, avid readers of the magazine will know the history of Sonax because we wrote an article at great length on the history of Sonax. So I hope you've uh, read up and revised on that and you can correct me on all the mistakes that I make. Um, but just to sort of cycle forward now, so you've then... Um, in charge of all these other master trainers and it's a it's an interesting well there lots of interesting aspects to it but one is the change because this is 2013 so i hate to say it but 2013 was nearly a decade ago and the changes that we've had you know ceramic coatings you um, i remember the first sonax coating was cc36
2: now you're on cc evo actually there was well, there was another coating before already oh, okay. and this was the nano paint protect called that time which was a great product Uh, but uh, in the past you know that sonax wasn't that well known in the professional detailing Mm -hmm. we we sold like hell this was a product uh, we we actually developed for asia but uh, worldwide was one of our top sellers Um, but the detailing business wasn't uh, on the level uh, like like today and and also we as sonax we we were not on the same level like today. Well, that's an interesting because I want to talk about the challenges in part two. I want to talk about the challenges
1: of going from what what we would call a high street brand um, to a, a you know a professional brand, and that I think is an interesting topic that demands half of a podcast in itself. Um, but just cycling through now, your your role is you, you are training trainers in sixty countries, and you're covering. Asia, the Middle East, so Afghanistan, I imagine, that sort of place that must be an interesting interesting
0: job. Um, yeah, can you? Can the next question is, can you name all 60 countries for us, please? Yes. Go. Faster, <laughs> okay, faster. Uh, uh, done. In alphabetical order. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, and you deal with Australia as well, which must be a lot of fun going out to Australia. I've been there just uh, one time so far, but, um, yeah, Australia is amazing, a big country. We, we, we just started, more or less, because it's always... Uh, hard because we have distributors. We don't have our own H, HQs mm-hmm. in the countries. We have always distributors, and uh, it it depends every uh, every time on the on the distributor. And you rely on them to set up the meetings and the trainings. Yeah, and, yeah. and who and, and how he let's say uh, push the brand and 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 how he can establish the brand and. Um, he, they, they need a lot of support for, from the beginning. So this yeah. is actually also one of my jobs and our area sales managers to to give them uh, the, the structure to help him to to build up the structure.
0: Where, where is your distributor in in Australia?
2: He is. Cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's in is he in Melbourne? In Melbourne?
0: Melbourne. Okay,
2: so south. I need to check. Yeah.
0: Because that's the thing. To be a distributor in Australia, there's no central place in Australia. Because if you go to the central place in Australia, you desert. die. And you get, you it's get, just death.
1: You get yeah. eaten by saltwater crocodiles and
0: kangaroos. <laughs> You're Have you death. seen the signs on the on the uh, on the big roads that go through? It's I've never like been no, to no cell phone reception for 600 kilometers. Last. Uh, petrol station for twenty two thousand miles. That so kind you of need thing. reliable cars. You never guess what they drive out there. Yeah, yeah, Toyotas.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, and, <laughs> and and, and
2: super. <laughs> it's, it's funny because uh, the the next when you go to the navigation system, the next turn is after one thousand yeah. kilometers. Yeah. It's uh, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't I don't know uh, exactly the the location because we changed the distributor in Australia. Um, I, I had a trip to Australia. We may we we. You've been to the West Coast, uh, Coast. Brisbane, Adelaide, Townsville, Melbourne, Sydney. That's got to be up, east, east, east Coast. Yeah, gold, gold
0: well, coast round
1: yeah, West Coast, not much no, happens. East Coast, East Coast. coast rain. Yeah. It rains never the eat coast. shredded wheat. That's the way you remember it. Uh, Do they have ge-
0: shredded wheat over in, 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 in Germany? In Germany? I don't know. It's, uh, a, it's, uh,
1: a, it's a breakfast cereal that can, <laughs> that blocks you up, so to speak, It's but it keeps you going at the same time due to roughage. I feel we're going off track. We are going off I'm track. Not,
2: I'm not good in geographic, so that's my problem. As a global trainer, that's not problem. breakfast cereals, apparently.
1: <laughs> um and and you speak australian no Aussie. not at all <laughs> it's fine it's just truth. <laughs> talk about beers and, and marsupials and sheilas um <laughs> so uh we've got that sort of things and then what other i'm just looking at also um uh, you have a colleague richard Hanna, who uh, kind of comes with you on these training sessions he's a product manager.
2: Yes, Richard uh, support me uh, during the master trainings because uh, the regular trainings I do by myself mm-hmm. and the regional trainings where we collect all the master trainers from from different uh, regions together into one place. Like, uh, like how
1: you say you collect them. It's like you
0: go around in a van kidnapping. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, like, that, like, this, it's <laughs> like a, lot a child of catcher.
0: <laughs> and put them all into <laughs> a plane and put them into a battle royale. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> it felt us down.
2: <laughs> <So> <laughs> that is, is, uh, this is uh, a lot of, uh, let's say, uh, we put a lot of efforts in this concept Mm-hmm. Because when we started, when I when I started to travel for Sonex and uh, I visited all our distributors, I saw that there is a lot of mm, difference in in knowledge, you know. The yeah. level of knowledge was totally different. Somebody talked about the illusion rate of this, somebody of that. And, and I said, okay, hey, um, we need to bring them to the same level. You unify them. Yes. Yep. And, and then I, I, I started the Master Trainer Concept 2007. Uh, Seventeen. I established the master trainer concept for Europe first, and um, nowadays we have forty trainers in Europe, and um, they are trained to the same standards. You're saying there's like a a, a three level progression, so you can't
1: turn up. Do a two-day course and suddenly be a master trainer, which which we entirely agree with. Hell, when we're working with the academy, it's all about you know right. building's peop- uh, building people's skills, knowledge in a, in an organic way that is going to stay longer than just cramming it in two days, giving you a
2: certificate and a gold star. Well done! Absolutely. go away now, absolutely. Um, and this is this is our intention because the first level is very intensive. It's very uh, it, it's a theoretical part. Uh, it's actually just theory, and uh, Richard is is. Uh, the head of the level one, because mm-hmm. he gives the knowledge of of chemistry, very deep. It's it's uh, really. Lots of heavy breathing. Absolute. Yeah. It's a very dry topic. we say so in terms Oh, of you know. say that, but I mean, we
1: we write hundred and thirty six pages uh, every twice a year on, on <laughs> such.
0: <You laughs> use it as a desiccant. Our <laughs> magazine. Jeez. <laughs> well, and it's, it's good. It's good that you're that they're throwing out the, the the greater chemical knowledge, because you, f- you do find that if people know have, have that depth of knowledge, they can use that to identify problems much more efficiently. So if they know that, for example, X chemical doesn't react well when it's humid, that's something they can tick off the list and before they have to come back to you for, for advice. So it makes them more more self-reliant in the long
2: term. Absolutely. And uh, this is for us very important because we, we want that our trainer... Uh, yeah, our trainer f- needs to understand first, how does it work? Why does it work? Uh, before he can explain it to our customers. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if he, if he don't know how the chemical works, how can he explain to our customers? Exactly. Customers
0: pick up on that quite a lot. Yeah, these are days, yes.
2: Yeah, exactly. Customers have
1: changed. There's one Absolutely. thing we'll talk about, the progression of, of how detail and change. In the old days, I mean, when we were at shows selling product many, many, many years ago, they just say, oh, I want a wax. Mm-hmm. And what you can do with wax? is I'm going to I'm gonna polish my car with this wax. Oh, you're going to polish your car with a wax? Sell them a candle.
0: There you go. you got <laughs> yeah. Polish that, baby. Never see them again.
1: It wasn't a candle. Um, and, and so, yeah, but now they come up and say, right, I want a pH neutral uh, shampoo and then I want a slightly acidic shampoo to reset my my ceramic coating. And, and they've got much more knowledge. Yeah, much more knowledge. And also, the, I mean, half the problems they've also got wrong knowledge because they'll... Pick up on stuff online, and they come and say, "Oh, well, I've learned that actually, you know, I want a very alkaline thing with a pH of three, please." And say, so, "Okay, well, you're going to have a problem here because either it's going to be pH three, or it's always going to be alkaline, it ain't going to be both, baby." <laughs> um, and so it's a matter of kind of setting that right. And all to do that, you need to have quite a solid foundation of knowledge and a confidence in what you know. And I think there's used to be a lot more marketing BS in in products because they could get away with it and they could say, "Yeah, it'll last a lifetime." And now they're saying, hmm, will it last a lifetime then of course yeah. it won't um and so people are more honest, but they're also more challenging so I think that's that's an interesting development De- in definitely
2: definitely did the, the the detailers they have much more tricky questions than than, than before, and they they have a higher level of knowledge in terms of chemicals or may as you say they they pick up some some uh, phrases and okay uh they 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 uh, they ask they ask about this. Uh, they want to understand uh, how does it work they they don't need just a product and say okay this is a pH neutral foam but uh, how does it work why, why is it better than a uh they're like small children I found you know how and I, I
1: it's probably unwise saying this but it it is the case and you know a child when you say why is the sky blue mm. and you say. Because that's what Jesus wanted it to be, or you come up with some excuses. He said, "But why? Well, that's his favorite
0: color. But why? Because he's had bad experiences with green. But why? And it goes on and on and it, on. It, it, and turns, then... it turns blue when you're lying to me. <laughs> that's why I tell mine. It's great, and he always owns up to something. <laughs> Sometimes you let him out the cupboard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and it is
1: to be able to serve that. I think is is, is key. So, what we're going to do now is we're going to take a little breakaroo, and then when we come back, we are going to be talking about Sonax and company history. And did you uh, say
0: breakaroo for the
1: Australian? They went I'm to. still, well, I, I'm, I think I'm now on a hit list probably. I get <laughs> clobbered over the face with a marsupial limb. Um, they're big punches as well. Um, marsupial, so it is. And then we are going to talk about a couple of Sonic's products because you've had lots of development and it's been fun. And then we're going to wrap up with a little bit more about Decon and what's happening tomorrow.
0: Great.
1: I hope you're enjoying the Pro Detailer Magazine podcast. I just want to take a minute to say a massive thank you thank you to all those who ordered the hand wash only hardback book. We've printed 3,000, expecting them to sell in dribs and drabs, but lo and behold they're pretty much all sold out so the good news is we're able to do a second print run and that's going to be landing with us towards the end of October 2022 and so if you guys haven't got your copy yet or would like to perhaps order some for gifts for other people at Christmas dare I say it this early, um, then they will soon be available to pre-order at www. Prodetailor uh, magazine.com. anyway, thanks again and back to the podcast. And we're back, and we are still here in Germany, unsurprisingly, and we're still here with Chris Rush, and he. we have been talking all things Sonax. We've been talking about his background and how he became the international master-master trainer, um, and it's been good fun. But I want to now turn our attention a little bit to the history of Sonax, because it is an interesting company. It's been around since 1950.
2: Yes, Sonax is established in 1950. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a... It's a, a one of the, one part of the group of the Hoffman uh, mm-hmm. group, and uh, we have actually three companies. Uh, the one is Hoffman Mineral. Which uh, is a mining company. It's a mining company, established in uh, 1903. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have our own uh, printing company, where we're printing also our own labels, and Sonix. That's pretty cool. And as you were, we were talking earlier, and there was a product called
1: SPO that was available up to a couple of years ago, and that, the abrasives in that were using minerals that you yourself – well, not you yourself, because obviously not a miner, far too tall um, – had, had mined out of the ground. So right. you get this situation where, of these three companies, yes, Sonix is supplied labels by one company and minerals for the, for the next company, which is kind of cool. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, with, your, with your printing company, do you make your own ink? Not
2: no, so again, it's mm. just a
0: little trend we found with people who uh, manufacture uh, a lot of detailing chemicals. They tend, they a lot of them come as part of a print yeah. supplier, or an ink supplier, or something like that. Angel wax, um, car, car cam. cam all that sort. There's, there's a, there's an intrinsic connection in the chemistry there somewhere.
2: Yeah, maybe could, but we don't. Yeah, okay, yeah, we just no don't goes. want to. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, 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 blase. <laughs> um,
1: so you've got the side and now you sell in over 100 countries um and um you're based in somewhere called Neuburg, Neuburg how do you say Neuburg,
2: Neuburg uh, on the Danube
1: Neuburg on the Danube which I'm guessing is near the Danube river It's like Henley on Thames The Danube river Yeah
0: Henley on yeah yeah. Do you have a boat race? <laughs> boat race? Do you have a famous boat race there? They do it at Henley on Thames. <laughs> I <laughs> don't know about the boat race on the Danube. You <laughs> should but start uh, one. It's very popular. Okay. Yeah. But you're, so, uh, Danube, where in Germany is
1: uh, your kind of central-southern...?
2: It's it's in uh, it's in Bavaria. It's, uh, let's say, uh, most people know Audi. Uh, it's in oh. Ingolstadt. Ingolstadt, it's uh, 30 kilometers from Ingolstadt and around 80 kilometers from Munich.
0: Oh, that's because cool. Danube's yeah. a very long river, isn't it? Well, it is. It goes, I know it goes through
2: Austria. I, I you know, I know Australia. it goes through Austria. Yeah, yeah. It goes
0: all, it goes all <laughs> the way to Australia. It's a long way, that is. <laughs> it's truth. It's a long river. We, yeah. we,
1: we, good thing we've got no listeners in Australia, otherwise we're, we're in trouble. We might too. We might. It's unlikely. It's unlikely. Um, and um, so it, th- what's fascinating is your job in particular takes you all over the world, and you're saying how in China. Tell us tell us about this, this way that people do detailing in China. China, it's very different.
2: Yeah, the, there is the regular detailing, of course, existing, but there's a very interesting uh, yeah, concept in, in China. We have around 2,000 SONIC stations there, mm-hmm. service stations, and they offer a concept it's called DIFY concept. Um, so the customer, they, they buy a product kit, mm-hmm. uh, and they buy not only the products, they buy also, the service. So, the price is included, uh, the, the, the service is included in the price. And they have a kit in the, in the box, in a Sonax box, and they have a big storage with the name of the customer, the, the, the car number plate, and so on. And, uh, and the customer can come as often as he wants and they do the service for him uh, they buy for instance a wheel cleaner yeah. uh, and the customer can come as often as uh, he want or as often as there is a product left so mm-hmm. if if the wheel cleaner is empty um, they buy a new one and the the, the service team they, they actually fit it for them right yeah
1: it's almost the only thing I can think of that's kind of similar to get your head around it is winter tyres with dealerships. You can buy winter tyres in the dealership. Car dealership will store it. Subaru used to do this; would store the tyres for you over winter or over summer rather, and then you just take the car and they do it. So, if you've got wheel cleaner, I'm just sitting thinking there. You've got 500 mil of of wheel cleaner. You can get through that in two. Two sets of heavy wheel cleans without trying, really. But at the same time, if your wheels are never very dirty, you could be there. You could be, f- you know,
2: cleaning wheels three or four times with it. So it's an interesting model. Yeah, this is very interesting concept because um, they are very smart Chinese. They they sell a kit with products where you which which can use. Uh, very often, for instance, uh, a wax, yeah. Uh, so the wax lasts for mm-hmm. many times, yeah. And uh, the regular products like a wheel cleaner, a glass cleaner, and so on, or shampoo, uh, it's it's not that durable. Or yeah, yeah turnover is quicker, though. The, yeah. Right. The, the price uh, of the kits is uh, they are very expensive. They also they sell kits including the the coating. Mm-hmm. Uh, or a polymer uh, uh, sealant and so on uh, it's very smart they they, they charge also a, a, a high price for the service so it's not that that cheap because in china you know the the gap between the rich and the, the poor people is very big uh, these are days the the middle uh, class is, is growing mm-hmm. but actually um, yeah the most of the the, the people they, they have, who have money they they send just the, the driver and to go and get the work done for them right. Yeah. And the driver, even the driver don't do it by himself, he go to the solar service station. <laughs> <laughs> they are lazy. Yeah, it's quite cool though, buying a product with the service. I can see that being, you know, it's, that could work. I mean,
1: there's some things it probably wouldn't work with. I, but anyway, yeah, I've got ideas in my head, but I'm not going to put them on the microphone because I think they they would be unfunny in this company.
0: Well, there's nothing changing there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, but it's really cool because when you come to the counter and there is the big the big wall with all the Sonax bags in and the names of, and then the customer come in and they grab the bag, yeah, and 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 they go to the service and and the, the stations. You can't imagine. This is amazing. We have. S- Stations, extremely big stations, uh, with a, with a uh, first floor where you have a, a the, the floor is made by glass and you yeah. have massage seats and you can watch when they do the service on your car.
1: You can that's, you can watch them from underneath. Yes, sounds a bit perfect doesn't it? <laughs> no, that's very very cool. Um, so anyway, we just there was a sort of a, a minor diversionary thing because I thought it was it was really fun. Um, what I'd like to talk about is the um, ceramic coatings, because we have a little bit of experience with one of your old coatings that's still available, Mm -hmm. um, but it turns out it's not your first coating, because your first one was your polymer...
2: nano protein. protect, no, nano-paint protect. Nano-paint protect.
1: We're talking about CC36, and it was fascinating. What stands out about that is it was in an aerosol, or or one one part of it was in an aerosol, and I asked you why you put it in an aerosol, because from our point of view, from a health and safety point of view, You've got VOCs and fluorine and stuff like that to worry about with a lot of coatings. And uh, here we are uh, putting it into an aerosol, which is a really good way of putting it into the atmosphere so you can breathe in. But you pointed out that there is no fluorine in CC36. It was one of your very first fluorine-free... Is it low VOC or no VOC? It's low VOC. Low VOC. So the fact that it was an aerosol was not a not a risk to human health. Um, but the thing you pointed out is that in an aerosol it's a one-way ticket in terms of air. So if you've got a normal bottle of coating as soon as you open that bottle air is introduced into it so it won't last. But in an aerosol because it's just an out, out it's a one-way, you know, out through one the way aerosol. Valve. One-way valve effectively. Um, you're never letting air into it. So it means the shelf life is much longer and you can use half of it and then wait a year and use the other half which you can't with a normal bottle.
2: Right. And this, this Was our intention, and of course, uh, yeah, as you say, this is um, a fluorine free recipe. This was our target to develop and then fluorine free, uh, a product because of, yeah, all the issues.
1: Yeah, for well, fluorine is, is, as I'm sure many know, is a, a very, very dangerous substance. Uh,
0: um, it unfortunately, it's very good at doing what it does, yes. Yes. so it's been. Made into a necessary substance <laughs> by a lot of, lot of companies. It was
2: challenging to to develop a, um, yeah, a product without fluorine, which have the same performance as a product with fluorine. So
1: yeah, and you took a, b- a slightly bold step. So fluorine is perfectly legal, but we feel that things are going to be you know there'll be a forced reduction in it. So right. there's a, a, a risk that at some point the uh, REACH regulations will will. Turn up and say, right, you've got to use less than no no no, one. Yeah, fluid, they've already got some restrictions, haven't they? And if you uh, are relying on it and then suddenly you can't use it, you're in trouble. But at the same time if everybody else is using it because it's good at what it does and you're sat there trying to create the, you know, the organic, vegan, keep keep the earth friendly alternative right. that doesn't work quite as well, you put yourself at a competitive disadvantage in the short term. But when it does become illegal, you've really got lots of experience. Your customers have already got lots of experience of how you can do it without fluorine. So in the long term, potentially, you're in a much stronger position.
2: That, that's right, and we can we can see this already. We have some feedbacks from, from other customers. Uh, they, they use different brands, and uh, there are, let's say, recipes from 2018 from a competitor and a recipe from 2020, which is, in terms of performance, not the same anymore. Mm-hmm. And maybe because of the reason that they have to reduce the amount of, of fluorine or some ingredients which... Or, yeah, restricted. To comply, I mean, to me, it's like 1970 America and V8s all over again.
1: You had lovely, 1969 Mopar was awesome, but then catalytic converters and the smog and all the rest of it and and California rules meant that from a 7.2-litre V8, you're making less than 200 horsepower, which is pathetic, and it's all because of the restrictions and detuning. Paint
0: paint Stripper as well. Paint Stripper has got rubbish over the years since they got rid of uh, dichloromethylene. Oh, okay, yeah. It's just an observation. I try to get away from strippers now. But I mean, PTFE. Yeah, what's PTFE? Because that's the F in PTFE, polytetrafluoroethylene. Get you?
2: God, they, they are very, let's say, uh, powerful and high-performance uh, chemicals, mm-hmm. of course. But this is one of our philosophy. We we always try, even if we are a chemical producer, we always try to found the the, the less harmless. Uh, yeah, the yeah. like hydrochloric
0: thing. acid, for example, very good at removing everything. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs>
2: everything. very you, very you, bad for you, everything. Yeah. <laughs> and
1: actually, that's an important point to make. It we can, can touch on it is that you make all of your products and you make all of them in Germany at your your single factory site on the Danube, um, which... Is In Germany, uh, actually, a lot of German manufacturers make their own products. I'm just thinking through all the ones I can think of, like Kochshmi Co- or Kochshmi, depending on your level of decency. <laughs> they uh, make all their own stuff, and a lot of the other brands do. And, and Whereas in the UK, we've got much more of a pattern of bringing stuff in or relabeling stuff. It's sort of more tradition. But then right. we've got many more brands. I mean, you were talking, we were talking off, off mic, and they were saying, God, I haven't heard of half of these brands right. in the UK. And for us, like, sort of working in our own little detailing world... With within the UK. For us, though, you know, everybody's heard of them.
0: There's a lot of very good uh, marketers out there and very few fantastic brands.
1: Yeah, it's, it's funny that marketing, the tertiary industry is really good in England and at the same time manufacturing, secondary industry, which we're not particularly really into on the whole, with some exceptions.
2: But the, you know the, the advantages if you uh, do your own uh, products, you develop the products. We have our own lab Mm-hmm. Do everything by ourselves: the research, the, the development, the, the production, everything. So, um, you you can react if something has happened. Yeah. So this is our big advantage, you know. Others they they are, um, they buy from some producers, uh, and they they put it in a nice. Bottle, yeah,
0: label. label on, yeah. So I, I imagine back at the lab, they keep a sample of every single batch made. So when they, if they get reports of issues back with a, a certain bottle of um, compound, for example, they can go back to that batch they they got on the shelf, track down what the problem might be, and if it's a case of they can recall batches, they can right. give advice on what goes wrong. But a, hey, um, if you like a, um, a marketer's brand, if you like. Can't do that. They can phone up their supplier, who right. may or may not have a or still exist. Yeah, may, may, may have gone out of business by but then. You never know. Um, and at that point, that they're, they're a little bit, the consumers are a little bit stuck because they can't this, get any advice.
2: This is, you know, you can't imagine how many tests uh, a new recipe have to stand when before we launch it on the, on the market. Mm. We have so many really proper tests. We do at the product itself. You know, because we do the, the correct test. The, so the crack right. test. That sounds like this fun. Is, this is <laughs> a crack. A crack uh, anti-crack. Anti-crack. So so I failed. Because <laughs> when, you, when you put, let's say, a um, uh, 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 pH 13 uh, okay. cleaner on, on the...
0: Oh, I see what uh, you mean. Acrylic, so, so for cra- for crazing and things like that. Yeah, right.
2: Yeah, they, 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 they to get uh, stress cracks and so on. So, our products they are all, all tested against stress cracks. So mm-hmm. they uh, they have to stand this test, and then you know we, we deliver the products to to countries where it's really hot cold, yeah. uh, so they have to uh, the, the, the bottles, they are tested the uh, uh, durability, we have so many tests, it's, it's really I, 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 yeah, you're absolutely
1: right, and bottles, I, I, sorry this is a, a, a point, because it's infuriates me, one brand's recently rebranded really nice job, and actually I've used some of the new products and they're really cool, <laughs> but one of the bottles leaked, and I looked at it closely and I did a little litmus paper test, and we uh, within the trade obviously we know that things like uh, PET or HDPE different bottle things they work better with solvents or or pH neutral or whatever you know and there are different ways of doing it, and they'd cocked up because they'd used I think it was an HDPE bottle with a very strong acid, but I can't remember which way around it was. It was one of the ones that they got wrong. I just thought that's a schoolboy error. Yeah. You know
0: the amount the amount of uh, places that use the aluminium bottles. How, well, I made
1: that mistake. <laughs> I, with, with, with alkaline... Um, yeah, with that it was aluminium bottle, and it's not the, al- the aluminium was the problem; it's the lining reacted. Mm. And so I had what we call burden insect remover in the, in the old caskin days, and I just decanted them all into these really nice aluminium bottles, and they got nice tops, and there, put them all on the shelf, which was in, a, in a, basically in a garage. Um, came back the following morning, and every single one had exploded, and more than that, the well not exploded with fire; that would have been more fun, but but had spurted. Better insurance claim. Yeah, it had, it had spurted all over the other bottles, and of course it was really powerful. Stuff and it took all the labels off the other bottles, so I lost about 500 bottles of the bird insect remover, and then I lost a further 500 bottles of everything else that was in the blast
2: radius. I felt very silly. Yeah, for us also, you know, when you see that the bottle starts shrinking, this is a no go for Sucks us. Sucks it mm-hmm. in, it's oxi- this, this is oxidation. oxidation, I think this it is. is. Yeah, it's a no go. So this, if this has happened during the test, yeah, they have to, um yeah, new bottle or, or yeah, bottle or the recipe or whatever. So this is because this is in the shelf. And this have to look nice. Yeah. So, uh,
0: Out of it's interest, it's do you find? I mean, this is this is a, a general chemistry thing, but it, it may apply to some of your tests. Do you find that there are um, expiration dates for certain products, like compounds, for example? Mm-hmm. Is it a case of after three years, really, it's just best to replace it because certain chemicals will have broken down within there, mm-hmm. or is there a general time limit you find?
2: Yeah, it's three years or five years shelf life. Yeah, the, the most of of the products uh, even five years mm. so
0: I, i've got about four bottles of maguire's number no. seven show glaze sitting in a cupboard that <laughs> <I> refu-
1: <laughs> <With> <laughs> they the don't bloody on. make it anymore
0: <laughs> and it's it's really good for feeding old paint but i've got a feeling it's probably dead now <laughs> so for us also
2: no go is that the product separates you know Yes. Sometimes you see that it's, it goes very fast. It's uh, one week in the shelf and the product separates, you know. I've seen components. that. And I, so we're at the uh, Valet Pro have their own lab and they
1: have the same thing. They put the product in clear bottles and put it in a fridge and then just watch it. Yeah. They've got somebody just watching it. Right. Um, to make sure that does not. I mean, did, that's not a full-time job. Obviously, there are other things to do, like <laughs> coffee making and
2: stuff.
0: But which you might think it's not a problem because you can just shake it up. But if you, if, it's it, if you don't shake it up and you accidentally pour right, out yeah, the the, the small you, bit of the top, which the, will be the, the, the solvent. nice clear solvent chemical, then you've just reduced the amount of solvent in the entire product by half. And that yeah. was probably measured out for a very good reason. Yeah,
1: and melted the paint on what you've spread that pure undiluted un, un, um, diluted solvent onto as well. So it it it's um, just terrible.
0: Tend to, tend not to pour things directly on the paint.
2: <laughs> (laughs) That's where I've been going wrong all my life. (laughs) So this is... uh, is, Taste it first. For us, it's it's really important, uh, all those uh, proper tests before we launch a product. And
1: that's the sign again of a big proper company rather than a brand, basically. That's the the distinction I put.
2: And the same when we develop uh, the compounds. Uh, I think we are the only one who have a robot for for the polished tests. A robot? I'm a robot? Have an, an no, a useful one. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> because the problem is, when you do a, a test, for a, for instance, you give one product to five people. Yes. You get five different results mm-hmm. because everybody has his own, uh, yeah, behaves. I'm the sixth person who's six foot <laughs> under by then. Because I thought it was a taste test. <laughs> and, and and our polishing robot, he can we can adjust the pressure, the speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have always the Hand. same pad. Yep. We have the, the same sanding mark and we can make a real proper uh, th- this is, a consistent this is the repeatable test. The, this
0: simple. is the problem we tend to come into when we're doing the the, the mega testing. Mm-hmm. And we go to great lengths to try and find ways of taking out the, the human element. Mainly we, we use BERT because mm, subhuman.
1: I am a
2: robot. <laughs> You're the robot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but with polishing, and we, we did find this when we did the, the, the heavy cut mega test, it was very hard to try and make everything... Um, everything like exactly exactly yeah. the same every time. We did try things with like pillar drills to see if we could at least get the the consistency right with weights on them. We tried fixing the machine in place, and I think eventually we did try with with certain weights on it, and it looked very Heath Robinson when we did it, but we were. We, Everything was the same and it's a, it's a very difficult thing to manage. So having access to a robot, yes, I would like, I would like access to a robot now is the, is the summary of this tirade.
1: <laughs> well, the other thing also, apart from the fact we realised that pillar drills have very little talk. Uh, our one did. Our one did. The other thing is, if you're trying to compare different products right. uh, from different brands, but they claim to do the same thing, is that quite often you've got to use them several different ways to find out how they work best so it could be you've got two compounds that are as good as each other but one of them works better on a, on a foam pad with fast arm movements and low RPM just for argument's sake and another one works best on a wool pad and so actually they both can cut at the same speed and be as effective but you've, if we then put the test and say right this test is only on foam then one product can be favoured more than the others so we find it difficult when testing products uh, which is why we always ask manufacturers for guidance and this is, this is, this is always to tell. So when we ask manufacturers for guidance on how to apply or use their products, we've got the dumb ones who say, just read the instructions. Fine, we'll do that. That's good. We'll find somebody who can read first, but we can do it. And then we get the ones who clearly know so much about their product that we'll get a phone call from their detailer or we'll get a phone call from their chemist saying, right, the way you do this for the best effect and they genuinely know how their products work best and in the situations and they ask us lots of questions. And then we already know that which products are gonna be the strong ones. The ones who don't even know how to use it properly and say we'll oh, just read the instructions versus the ones who take the time to get in contact and, and clearly know what they're talking about. Didn't you say there were three types? I did but I forgot the, the, what the the was. the ones that don't do mathematics. <laughs> Possibly, <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, and, and this is a, so. So going back to that CC36, mm-hmm. um, you've now got something called CC Evo, and so yesterday, before the day before the show, we were talking to Moretz, who's Autolacaffin over here. He's he's um, knows, knows his stuff, and um, we asked him just out of interest, "What's your favourite coating?" And he said CC Evo. I didn't see any brown envelope from you guys, so I'm presuming it is an honest opinion. Um, but I asked him why, and this is this is, this is interesting. He said it is the most flexible, is that I can reliably apply that to 100 cars, and I know it'll be okay on all of them with different paint types, different paint conditions, different application conditions. It's the most flexible. N- is it the hardest? No. Is it the longest lasting? No. Is it the glossiest? No. But it is, for a professional detailer, reliable, and that matters. And again, that bounces back to big business. You've tested it properly in lots of different environments. It's a reliable product. And then that took us on to the comment here, which is where you were talking about uh, the hardness, and we've had this argument before, and we know full well, there's no point saying 9H hardness on a product that you're putting onto 2H hardness paint, because it ain't going to make a difference at half a micron. Um, But you were talking about layering, so tell us about, you've done some testing to see
2: whether layering of a ceramic product works. What did you find out? So for us, uh, for our coatings, uh, it it actually makes no sense to do a layering. Uh, we, We made several tests, we applied many different layers um, but we found out that uh, more than two applications with the base coat for instance it's it's good enough because um yeah we we don't say we layering we just fill up the paint with with the particles to get the strong network of ceramic uh, particles Ponds, yeah Ponds, yes. and um actually on a on a regular hard paint it's good enough to apply one step and on on softer paints like a japanese cars... T- Honda, Toyota or so on, uh, who absorb more products, we, we say, okay, to be sure, you can do two steps with the first, uh, with the gloss mm-hmm. coat, for instance.
1: Which is interesting. I, I don't know about you, Ian, but I've never heard a
2: ceramic manufacturer suggest,
1: I mean, obviously, the people like Ceramic Pro who, who encourage lots of coats, but actually saying, no, some paints actually suck in the base coat more and therefore you need to apply more in two coats.
0: Not directly, no. I've not, not heard that directly from a ceramic manufacturer, but it does make sense because that's what a covalent bond effectively mm. is. You, it's sucking part of itself in and I'm kind and of hooking, hooking, on, hooking on to... Right. It's like the Velcro ceramic coatings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, <laughs> go, let's go with that because I haven't got a better <laughs> option. <laughs> yeah,
2: and actually, you know, when, when I look back, uh, the development in, in terms of coatings and, and the marketing of, of coatings, it was really funny in, in, in the past. Yes, it was really funny they, they burned the, the hood uh, they, they made the, the scratch test by the lighter yes, uh, God and I all those uh, things but and, and in the past everybody was talking about 9H, 9H. If it, it, does your product is 9H? no, oh then it's not a good coating mm. um, glass coating, gl- hard like glass uh, uh, then layering but, and they also talked about scratch resistance um, nowadays when you talk to the detailers and you ask them how do you offer a coating to your customers? What is the benefit of a coating on the car? Well, mm. So um, I, I got different answers than than a couple of years back. Nobody's talking anymore about scratch resistance because it's really hard to find a coating which makes a car really scratch resistant. Well, it's slickness, yeah, isn't I'll it? It's, it's
0: more about reduction of friction because if right. there's nothing for it to catch on, then that's what reduces the scratches. It's not the hardness. If you want scratch resistance, if you want PPF. stone chip resistance, put PPF on there. That's yeah. it.
2: That's your option. That's the only option, more or less. So, um, th- of course, it can reduce uh, scratches, um, but it cannot avoid scratches or stone chips. And uh, the people, they learned and, and they they had, they made their own experiences. And uh, it was also hard in in the past to to convince the people, hey, this this is not, uh, it's not everything about hardness. You mm-hmm. we were one of the first who were talking about the flexibility. I
1: keep telling her that too. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, but, yeah. but no I hear you and the flexibility of, of the actual the, for the coating to be able to kind of move with its things because bear in mind that metal on a car expands contracts and heats right. So if you had something that was completely hard, it would be brittle and therefore it I wouldn't keep work just telling well. telling her
0: that too. <laughs> 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 How much um, of this am we're going to have to cut? <laughs> we um,
2: made this test uh, too. Uh, so we, we I've been to Saudi Arabia, and uh, we applied um, actually it was a very thick layer of a coating, and on a on a Toyota paint, mm-hmm. and uh, we let cure it for two days was a very thick layer of, of coating. It was actually too thick. It's not what you uh, used to apply. But you just want to see what's happened if you apply a very thick layer of coating or if you do layering. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, we it was so hard. Of course, we had to sand it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were already cracks in this thick layer of, of the coating. Um, so we sand down and... Um, we were very surprised because the cracks they were also in the paint already. Oh, it yeah, so pulls so the so paint apart. Right. Well, it's know. the same
0: as a uh, bird etching will because it's, yeah. it's the the flexibility of the paint below versus the the hardness of the the coating on top. And if the paint carries on moving and it can't stretch
2: itself, then it's going to, of course, pull regardless. And then uh, a bird drops. Uh, they they are. Uh, how to say the enzymes, uh, what is in the in the bird's poo? In poo, poo. <laughs> don't say. Excrement. Uh, excrement. Yeah. I, I, I don't, my bad English, you know, so ex- excrement. Yeah, so,
1: yeah. yeah in the in bird uh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> shit. Well, also, is there something about stones? It was Craig at CarPro, formerly Craig at CarPro, uh, who said that no, birds they eat they stones to aid their, their digestion. Some
0: birds do. I don't think pigeons actually do.
1: I don't know. I mean, we've got chickens and they eat anything,
2: they eat each other. Uh, yeah so i have no okay idea. this is the problem if you if you uh, try to to wipe off the bird drop uh, or the bird mm-hmm. poo <laughs> yeah um but uh the the acid and the enzymes in the bird drop is this is the problem which caused the the etching or the yeah, the damage yeah and the heat that's generated also by that right. reaction yeah
1: it's 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 scary stuff. Anyhow, before we uh, get in down another rabbit hole of of some such things, I think uh, we shall wrap it up there. But Chris, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you, and I'm so sorry for kidnapping you off the stand. I know your colleagues are sat there trying to build the stand without your great guidance, so that's going to be difficult. Um, but I believe the bar is beckoning, um, and um, we will be back uh, on air very soon, I'm sure. Anyway, it is goodbye for me.
2: Thank you. Goodbye, guys. It was a big pleasure for me too, and yeah, see you i you a goodbye.